Hello, and welcome to the Out of Control Women podcast, where we navigate the hills and valleys of female leadership and entrepreneurship. Here is the founder of Out of Control Media, your host, Marty Jackson. Hello, and welcome to this week's edition of the Out of Control Women podcast. I am so glad that you have decided to join me today. Today, we are going to be diving into care, not just how do we care for ourselves, but how do we care for those around us? As we know, we are in the middle of this pandemic. We are in a season of life that most of us have never experienced anything even remotely like it. And so I wanted to sit down with my friend, teacher, pastor, preacher, writer, Melinda Givadin. She is the care pastor at Northeast Christian Church in Louisville, Kentucky, and she's going to give us some ways that not only can we care for ourselves, but we can care for others. If you want to find out more about her, you can head to Northeast Christian Church website or you can head to melindagibbon.com, and I will drop all of these in the show notes for you today. All right, let's jump into our conversation with our friend and your new friend, Melinda Gibbon. I would love for you to tell us a little bit about Melinda because sure. I, I I am getting to know you and I I already like everything about you but um, and your and your kids are adorable so tell us a little bit more about you sure so uh, my name is Melinda and I live in Oldham County so just northeast of Louisville and I am married to Jonathan we've been married for ten and a half years and we have Amelia who is a first grader and Ryland, who is three. So, and he is all boy and she is all girl by like <laughs> all definitions. Insane. Um, and I know everybody of course always says the things like about the differences between boys and girls. And we have experienced so much of that already. I can't even imagine what's to come. So, um, I have lived in Louisville for, um, right at 10 years, actually we, okay. well, 10 and a half, we, I moved down here right before we got married. My husband was already living here in Louisville. So I was in Cincinnati. Um, we were long distance for a yeah. while. And so I went to college in Cincinnati and then stuck around for a couple years after school. And then uh, when I met Jonathan, I was able to transfer down to the Louisville office. I was working for Big Brothers Big Sisters at the time as um, oh, yeah. a caseworker for them. So, uh, yeah, that's a little bit about me. My parents, my family is in Ohio for the most part. We lived in New York until I was a teenager. My parents were basically urban missionaries. Mm -hmm. And then they decided to move back to Ohio to be closer to my dad's family. So I've lived in the city and the country and now I'm like kind of in the suburbs. Yes. So I like to think I've experienced a lot of different kinds of worlds, but um, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but that's a little bit of that. <laughs> I think that's great. Now, now tell me, where do you currently spend the majority of your work time, Melinda? So I am, um, we're so spoiled. So we um, are working from home, the yes. church staff. Um, we do have uh, a pantry, like a food pantry at the church mm -hmm. that people are bringing in donations to. So about every other week we're assigned like a four hour shift where we have mm -hmm. to go in and just organize or box up food or that kind of thing. For the most part, I am at home. Um, my in-laws are um, really close to us in distance oh, and they've fantastic. always been the caretakers for our kids while we're working. Oh, that's so great. we do still have two days a week that the kids are with my in-laws. Uh, I know some people might 
get on me for that. Um, but my in-laws are very healthy people. And, um, so Tuesdays and Thursdays is kind of the routine that we have fallen into. So it's funny because I feel like I try to cram so much in on those days, like as much as I possibly can, because I know that Monday, Wednesday, Friday are just absolute chaos. Yes. 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 So you've added teacher to your plate and and principal and. (laughs) So it's funny. I feel like you would think that it would be nice that obviously Ryland, he's three, he doesn't have school, but he's the only one in the house who doesn't really have like, I don't want to say a purpose because that sounds terrible, but it's almost harder with somebody who has nothing to do because the rest of us are like, we got stuff to do. (laughs) So it'll be interesting. I don't, I'm waiting to see kind of how much longer school's going to last. They haven't really said officially for Oldham County. So Amelia is a very um, independent student, but she wants to be independent while you're sitting next to her. So that is a challenge. (laughs) So you have your laptop and she's right there. And and then Ryland is like, I'm not playing school because I'm a boy. He's building forts and (laughs) pretending that he's blasting us with fake weapons. It's been very interesting. It's chaos and and it's and it's great all at the same time. So yeah, exactly, I think that's fantastic. Um, so Melinda, you recently had kind of before this started, you had a little bit of a change, which yeah. is exciting. But yes, tell us a little bit about that. <laughs> so um, I have been on staff at Northeast Christian Church uh, for it was nine years. Just in March was nine years. Oh, congratulations! There's you. an anniversary. <laughs> I know, right? That's exciting. We're to celebrate everything. You took right, a shower exactly. today. Yay! <laughs> for real, <laughs> you have an anniversary. Yay! <laughs> I saw a meme. Total side note: I saw a meme a couple of days ago that was like, "I'm in this never-ending cycle where I like tell myself." that I'm going to work out. So I put on a workout clothes in the morning and I don't shower because obviously I'm going to work out and I'll have to shower mm-hmm, after that. Right. But then I don't work out and then I still haven't showered and it's <laughs> never in a cycle. I'm not saying that's me, but I laughed pretty hard when I saw that. <laughs> You're um, like, but it, it might be me. It, it might be me. It might be. Some days. Some days feel better than others. Today I showered. So <laughs> lucky, lucky you guys. No, I'm just joking. So um, I've been on staff for nine years, started in first impressions and um, I mentioned that I was a caseworker for Big Brothers Big Sisters sure, yeah. prior to the church, and um, I always thought I wanted to work with kids. And so, when I interviewed at the church where we were already attending, mm-hmm. I um, my degree is from a Bible college, so I wanted to be in ministry. And I love Big Brothers Big Sisters. I love everything that they stand for. Mm. Uh, I needed to be in a faith element environment Mm. based on what I felt like God was calling me to. So when I interviewed to do first impressions, which was with adults, I was super honest and upfront in my interview. Like, I really just want to work with kids. Like I'm hoping this is my foot in the door. And then if something opens up, like I'll just kind of move right in. So, um, a couple years in that happened and our, um, our elementary children's pastor moved back home. And so at the time our leadership was like, okay. And for whatever reason, I was like, no, I actually really like grownups. <laughs> so, um, I wasn't expecting that at all. Yeah. And so I stayed in that for the first impressions role a little bit longer and then moved to our discipleship team and was there for almost six, about six years okay. and, um, a variety of things. My technical <coughs> title was discipleship pastor, which basically mm-hmm. meant it could cover whatever it needed to at any given moment. Sure. Um, but really fell into a rhythm with women's and men's ministry, our marriage ministry, um, 
baptisms, next steps, um, membership, that kind of stuff. So did that obviously for, for a while. And over the last year and a half had really kind of landed in a spot that was very, um, event focused, Mm -hmm. which I fully believe in those environments. I Mm -hmm. think that they were set, they are such an effective tool for discipleship and connection at our church. For me, I was really missing the people side of things. And so there was kind of a transition on staff and the pastoral care minister role came open and I had already kind of been dealing with that tension in my heart of just, it broke my heart when people would be like, I know you're so busy, but I want to talk to you. And mm-hmm. usually it's because I was busy, like putting out snacks or something like that, which- <laughs> again, is very important. We all know. Um, but I had this moment where I was like, I might fit in better in this role. And there's possibly someone else who like, I'm taking joy away from them by serving in this role that right. isn't really suited best for my gifts. And so in right. January, I transitioned into this pastoral care role. And um, I felt like I was just kind of getting into a routine. Um, it's very um, heavy on the people like one-on-one, a lot of hospital visits, a lot of um, pastoral counseling. Um, we're trying to call those more like listening appointments now, because obviously right. I'm not a professional counselor in any way, but I can offer biblical advice and pray for people. Yes. And then uh, we have some care groups as well. So it was really just kind of starting to find a routine and a rhythm. And I met with um, our leadership about literally a week before all of this started with kind of like, here's my six month plan. <laughs> so awesome. And then a week later I was like, I'm starting all over again. I can't go in the hospitals. I can't even meet with people. Um, So it's been a, it's been a roller coaster. New plan, new plan, completely new plan, new plan. Just a day by day plan really is what we're working with. So, so, so as a care pastor, tell me a little bit um, on the other side of it, how important is it for, um, us to lean into our faith communities right now. What, mm-hmm. how, how important it is it for us to take the step to reach out right, right now with our, our current climate, with, with COVID, with the world pretty much kind of being on a break. Um, uh, how important can you, can you talk a little bit to the women about the uh, Absolutely. So I think we all know that isolation is a real thing and we've all felt it in some way. Even if you are at home with your family every day, you still can feel isolated even though you're with people and that's a real thing. And you shouldn't feel bad that it feels like that, even though you're with your family (laughs) all the time. Um, And there's something special about the people who share the faith that you have because they know how you're feeling. Um, They know, and we understand that we have this hope in Jesus and that should be all that we need to, to get us through. But we also know that we need community too. And Mm -hmm. so I think now more than ever, it's so important that we have people who have seen us at our worst and love us because of it. Um, and through those moments, we give them the opportunity to speak truth to us in love. Um, mm-hmm. And they can sometimes notice when we're struggling before we even do. And mm-hmm. so I think that if I know for myself, if I didn't have that right now and those outlets who I can tap into when needed, I would not be doing as well as I am right now. Right. Not to say I'm doing great, but no. You know. no. Um, a friend, one of my coworkers and I, started like when this all started happening in March we were like we just want to 
offer like almost like a happy hour kind of thing, but we're calling it a daily check-in where we just at 1230 every day, we hop on the same Zoom link and we just kind of put it out there on, on social media. And we're like, if you just want to come hang out for 30 minutes, like no agenda, no, like we're not going to be preaching at you. We literally just want to give you a place to hang out, almost like hang a virtual out. lobby at church yes. or something like that. And so it's been really cool just to see. We've had like some consistent faces every single day, but oh, then wow. we also get those people who just pop in every once in a while who are like, I just needed to know that there are still people out there. <laughs> so um, that community is something that um, I don't think that any of us realized. We probably took it for granted until yeah. right now. Um, I know we're in a couple's small group my husband and I are, and like this weekend, we're trying to figure out if we can do like a game night over Zoom or something because we're just, we're so desperate to see those people who we're used to spending that time with. And so right. I'm curious to see what community is going to look like on the other side of this, uh, because I think that we've all had to come up with new ways of doing it to where it's mm -hmm. like, you know, honestly, that the couples group that we're in, we all have young kids. And so sometimes it's hard to meet. And so it's like, well, now we know that we can do it virtually. So there's really no excuse if everybody's we'll got never miss another time. Yes, exactly. I'm running late from no, yeah, no, I can't get a sitter. No, yeah, yeah no, nothing works anymore. <laughs> nothing. All of our excuses. I are need gone. to eat. No. <laughs> so I'm really curious to see just what community looks like on the other side of this. I think that the church as a whole, big church is mm -hmm. just going to look different. And I'm excited because I think it's a, a good, could be a good different mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. So do you think, um, do you think we're understanding and I don't want to ask a leading question, but do you think we're understanding authentic community maybe in a way that mm -hmm. we, we might not have, or, or maybe we have, but not with consistency? I do. I absolutely do. One of the things I have found um, specifically in my role, I guess, as I'm doing more like one-on-one -on -one calls with people, they're at home. Like they are in their safe place. They're in a comfortable, like physical space for them. And so I feel like people are so much more willing to really talk about what's going on. Where sometimes if you meet at Starbucks or you are meeting in a church classroom or something like that, it's a little more sterile and it's a little mm -hmm. more stiff and formal and classroom-like. So I feel like we are willing to open up and really be ourselves a little bit better, mm -hmm. which I think Yes. in turn teaches us what community is actually supposed to look like. It's not just supposed to be, let's get together and have great food and get rid of the kids for an hour, but it's like, let's talk about what feels hard and let's right. figure out what we can do about it. So right. I do, I absolutely do think that we are, whether we like it or not, we're having to really figure out who we are through letting other people in. So mm. it's been a cool process for sure. What's, what's something you have learned in the context of community that has surprised you? Mm or maybe has changed already for you where, cause I know we're talking about as we move through this and as we can begin to gather again um, and, and thinking through what that might look like, what are some things where you're like, Oh, I'll, I'll either never do that again, or I have to continue to do this. Like, is there anything that you have taken away already that you're like, I am taking that with me. I think one thing, which I don't know if this speaks directly to community, but it's about social mm -hmm. interaction. Yes. So, um, I have barely been doing email because I'm picking up the phone or I'm getting on a video call with people and I had become so dependent on email. Um, and there's so much more value in getting to see your face as opposed right. to like, 
typing back and forth. And so for me, either video calls or just actual actual phone conversations, I feel like we're going to make a little bit of a comeback maybe, <laughs> um, where I know in the past, and there are still plenty of people who are like, don't you dare call me on my phone. Like, I will not be answering at all. It's not what my phone is for. That's what exactly. I, I had a student so, tell me that. My phone is not for talking. And I go, okay, I feel like I've learned something here. All right. Thank you. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's so confusing. But no, I think that, um, I think that we will just value it so much more and we won't take for granted hugs and just being able to be with people. Mm-hmm. And, um, and this is taking it kind of a step further to the church, yeah. but just worshiping together. Um, I know that we're all doing our best to, to worship at home, but I think we all probably took for granted just being able to do that in a room with other people. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if I directly. No, I think, I think that's, I think that's really great. Tell me, how are you caring for yourself personally? Because I think sometimes, especially uh, when part of our roles or part of our jobs, regardless of what that looks like, um, you're serving others or you're engaging others. And so you're constantly pouring out into them or you're constantly putting a lot of your energy there. How are you and, and is it different? You know, how are you allowing yourself to either have good boundaries or good spiritual disciplines or what, what does that look like for you? And, and, and maybe how has it changed for you? Yeah, I think, um, I am still trying to figure that out, which you'd think this many weeks in that I'd be on the other side of that. But, um, work has been a struggle for me. And I think that a lot Mm. of people feel this way, whether you're in a ministry role or not, like there's no separation. I've never worked from home before. Mm -hmm. So for me, especially with when the kids are here and I feel like I'm stopping every 10 or 15 minutes to like open a link for Amelia to watch another lesson or something like that. I feel like I then have to work basically like from when I wake up to when I go to bed. No one's saying that to me. Please hear me say right, that. That's right. Right. Me. So for me, I've got to figure out those boundaries. Like you said, mm. um, I, my screen time on my phone has been up and I like literally like today, like left it in the other room just so I wouldn't even have it near me. Yes. Um, so I think I'm still trying to figure out some of those things, but sleep, um, is probably more important for me than ever. I was telling somebody this morning, I don't know if you have found this at all, because I don't even know if it makes sense, but I'm used to being in conversations with people and spending time with people all day long. But mm-hmm. there's something about video calls that I think is a little more exhausting for some mm-hmm. reason. And I don't know mm-hmm. if it's just like being focused the whole time <laughs> yes. or what it is, but yes. I'm just like drained at the end of the day. Yes. And I haven't really been able, and maybe that's just a combination of everything happening in the world, feeling exhausted. So I'm sleeping more than I was before Mm. all of this started. Um, Which is probably a good thing. It it probably is. You're right. (laughs) (laughs) But it's hard on those days when I know I need to get up and exercise or it's not going to happen or things like that. So definitely trying to figure that out, but then also just knowing what those things are that fill me up. So Mm. for me, it is spending time with the kids in the evenings Mm. before bedtime and just figuring out what those um, non-negotiables are. Mm-hmm. Of just like no matter what else pops up tomorrow, I am going to have my morning cup of coffee mm-hmm. or whatever it might be. I'm not a coffee drinker, but I know everybody <laughs> else in the world is. So um, just figure out what those things are that really without them, your day feels off or it feels mm-hmm. wrong and make sure that if those are the only things you accomplish that day, that you do just that because you will notice a difference in 
and just your day. We, one of the things we're doing at church is a uh, 24-7 prayer movement. So every 30 minutes, yeah. a different person praying. And I loved um, somebody who's participating in it sent an email back that said she cleaned the 4 a.m. slot um, like on a lot of days. And she said, of course, I was like, that's like the middle of my sleep. But, um, and said, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> 4 a.m. doesn't exist. I don't know. I thought it was like midnight to... I know, right? It's all one number. Exactly. So she said it's the only time in the day when like she is in her house and it's quiet and there are no distractions. And she said her day is just so much more peaceful because that's how she's starting it. And so it's just been this beautiful reminder of most of us wake up and go, go, go and try to figure out where we can fit in our quiet time or our Jesus time or our worship time or Bible time. Mm -hmm. um, and I think there's more opportunity right now for consistency than ever before mm. because we don't have school buses to catch at, at a certain mm. time. And, you know, right. we all have stuff that we're still doing, right. but maybe there's a little bit more opportunity. I'll be honest. I started out really strong with Amelia the first couple of weeks of her NTI instruction and had her do like a soap for kids, like mm -hmm. a soap, uh, Bible reading. I haven't done great at keeping up with it, but we did really good for a few weeks there. So just figuring out what those little things are that you can add that are an unexpected blessing during this time, right. um, because hopefully that's how our kids and even how we could remember this is like, we got to spend more time with God, or we got to read books we wanted to read forever. Or we got to do things that for whatever reason we say, we don't have time for when things are a little more normal. So I don't know. But I think as far as caring for yourself, I mean, I know we see this all the time, but like you can't pour from an empty cup. So mm -hmm. um, we want to be able to find ways to care for others right now. But if you're not caring for yourself well, then you've got no business trying to care for anybody else. Right. First. right. So that's really hard balance to find. Right. As you're, as you're talking through with people and, and talking through with women and um, specifically for me, you know, cause I, I love free counseling. So uh, I'll, I'll ask you this question because I happen to be this mom. Um, mm -hmm. but right now, you know, we, um, it's easy to pick up the books and say, Oh, it wasn't supposed to be this way, which I love that study. It's not supposed to be mm -hmm. this way, but I know that there are a lot of parents. There are a lot of women specifically that are journeying through just a season of grief, not only for different things that either have been postponed or canceled or put on hold or, or are just not, you're not able to do them. Um, but could you speak a little bit to um, maybe the things that really were life changing for them? Maybe it was getting married. Uh, in our case, our son graduating, you know, all those things. So as you walk through that, Melinda, in light of you know, how, how do you grieve at a time, even though you don't have the distractions of it, I feel like there is a weight maybe to it during this season. That's a little bit different. What would you say to women if they were sitting, having coffee with you? Yeah. Um, one of my friends said something last night on a Facebook live that I loved so much. She said, you know, we're all in the same storm, but we're not all in the same boat. So yes. we're all kind of experiencing the same things, but we all are having our own individual moments of disappointment or grief or things like that. So I guess just to validate that whatever you're feeling is okay to feel. Mm -hmm. I think there's this, um, this hard line right now of like graduation is canceled, but people are dying from this virus. So how could I ever complain? It's okay. It's okay to live in that disappointment and not feel guilty right. about 
uh, something that might not seem as serious because to you, that's the storm that you're in. Mm -hmm. So I think just validating that whatever feels hard right now for you is hard. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter that it's not as hard as somebody else's heart. It's still hard. Right. And um, we have a, we have a grief support at church. And when we were talking about taking it online, that was one of the things we said is like, we're so used to this environment being about grieving people. Mm -hmm. And right now people are grieving all kinds of things. And right. so somehow holding on to the hope of even without those moments good things are still coming. And a lot of times that doesn't bring any comfort at all, but trying to just remember that it's okay for you to be mad and angry yes. <laughs> at what's happening and, mm. and live in that for a moment. Don't feel like you have to move on from it immediately because if you do, you're never going to really process it. And I would say that's the same for the students and for the kids who are feeling that way too. Like mm -hmm. kids, some of those kids, these kids aren't going to go back to the school that they've been at for years. And so mm live in that moment in that tension and don't feel like you have to all of a sudden pivot and look to what's ahead. It's okay to just be sad. And I think sometimes we forget how to do that because we feel like it's not okay. And we feel like we're supposed to find quick ways to, to mm -hmm. overcome things. And there's not always a quick fix. Um, but I will say that I think one of the best things we can do with some of that grief and some of that hurt is to use it in a way that blesses other people. So if you know you're feeling that way, think about other people who are also feeling that way and find a way to brighten their day, even if you don't really know how to brighten your own day right now. Right. So I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I can definitely appreciate that um, because you do, and you don't have the distractions of life. You know, a lot of times I think you find yourself distracted by other things. And so you're like, oh, this is hard, but I'm going to, I'm just going to power through it. And without those distractions, now you're like, oh, I have all the feelings. Mm -hmm. And so I like what you're saying is you have to acknowledge them. You have to grieve it and you, and you have to be able to, and I, I love the illustration you used. So this is a cool, go ahead, go ahead. No, no. I was going to say like the emotional side of things. Like I know some people, I've talked to a couple people who are like, I'm not an emotional person, but I'm an emotional wreck right now. And mm. like, I think whatever it is that you're feeling, like you have to name it. You have to identify what it is like, okay, so you're having a breakdown. Where's, where's that coming from? Because there's something in there that's causing it. So don't be afraid to dig in deep and figure out what it is. If it is grief, if it is disappointment, frustration, fear, be able to name it and find somebody to say it out loud too, because mm -hmm that person can hold you accountable to making sure that you're trying to find healthy ways to manage it. Because we all know that right now, mental health is a, there are real concerns mm -hmm. with that. Just mm -hmm. all the things that are going on right now. So. And being able, I like what you said to be able to name it, because mm -hmm. I do think that when you, when you call it out and you, and you call it by name, then all of a sudden it's not as frightening. It's not mm -hmm. as scary a thing to be able to say, no, this is what it is. Yes. Oh, and to be able to, to talk to other people, I think is great. Mm. So I have one last question for you. This is a question that we ask everyone uh, here at Out of Control. How are you an out of control woman? I would love to know this. Oh, goodness. Um, you know, it's hard because my answer might have been different a month ago. <laughs> um, I love that, though. So I mean, I'm, that speaks yeah. to the... I think that speaks to the fact that we are continuing to live through this. I think that first week or so, we were kind of like, well, I, we'll just, Hey, we'll just take naps and watch movies and, and wear pajamas, you know, it was yeah. spring break. So right. we right, couldn't right. go anywhere. So there was disappointment in that, yes. but then you're kind of 
So I love that your answer is different. So let's have, <laughs> let's have pre this, Melinda, how might you answer it before? Kind of the, I think I have a way to answer it for both. So I'm a word of the year girl. I know some people like roll their eyes at that, but I always <laughs> choose the word for the year. And my year for my word for this year was run. And, um, Ooh. I started like physically running right after Amelia, my oldest was born. And I was really doing it just to try to lose weight. But then I got that, like, I don't want to say addiction, but I like got to the runner's that. high. Yeah. Like I knew when I needed to go for a run mm. and I, um, I lost that after I had Ryland, like now, like I can still run and I can still, like, I still enjoy it, but I don't have the same feeling from it. And mm -hmm. so when I started this year, I really wanted, I want to find that in my life outside of actually running. Like I want to run after whatever it is that I feel God is calling mm. me to. And so and I've shared with you some of my just aspirations and dreams of mm. what I, I feel like I want to, I want to do more teaching. I want to do mm. more writing, more speaking and things like that. And so for a while I was like, I just want to run after that as hard as I can and stop worrying so much about what people are going to think of me. And mm. that feels completely out of control to me because yeah. I think that I'm someone who would always ask 40 people what they thought before I would do something. And now I'm just like, no, like if I want to do it, I'm just going to try to do it. Yeah. I'm still not trying that hard, but, <laughs> um, but I think right now, when I think of the word run, it's, it's weird right now because I think of all the people who I'm trying to mm -hmm. run after and make sure that we don't not lose as far as like physically, like their life mm -hmm. right now, but lose their, their heart and their passion for God during this time. So mm -hmm. I'm trying to find ways to make sure that I'm running after them as hard as I can, as far as touching base and connecting with them. And so just running in general, just running hard after everywhere that God has me. And that feels completely out of control because it can look different every day. <laughs> oh. I love your answer. And I love your word. I think that's a, I, I, I do think that's a, a really good word. Um, and I like how it's changed, how it's, how it's really kind of changed with you. So, um, thank you so much for being here with us today. Um, we, I'm going to, I'm going to put some links up so that people can find you and kind of connect a little bit, but thank you for the work you're doing and just so grateful. You are just such a great friend. So oh, thank you so much. No, thank you. It was such an honor. I'm glad I got to hang out with you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Bye-bye.